0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to Lucy's Week in Ambridge. We began the week at the Bull where Kenton and Jolene ran out of things to needle each other about, as now they're only allowed two customers in the pub at any one time, and that's only if one of them holds their breath, Jolene decided to get a peacock, specifically to piss Kenton off. She did have a bit of a revelation that the reason Kenton didn't like peacocks was because they reminded him of Sid. It's nothing to do with Sid, Jolene. A peacock is a flashy, noisy git that struts around the pub making annoying squawking noise and frankly, Kenton doesn't need the competition. Elizabeth was musing over which three words to put in her dating profile. Wistful, beautiful, girly, she thought would cover it. But Jolene promptly changed it to tent, flaps and now, which will get her a lot more traction. Elizabeth said she did admire the way Jolene recovered from her previous love affairs. This is true. Jolene has moved on more times than an Uber driver. Over at Brookfield, David was having another fascinating day. He was waiting in for a delivery and he was getting a bit cross because it was late. Look, I know he's the scion of the family and all that, but unless he's actually doing something, can we just leave him alone to jingle the washers in his overall pocket? Every time anything goes wrong, he says, This time it was about fly tippers. And that's it. He did liven up slightly when he was asked to think of a name for the peacock. And first grab out of the bag, he came up with peregrine, which is the name of another bird. Oh, David. Harassment had a more eventful day. He had to separate two pensioners, topiorising each other to death, and then gave an interview to an entirely silent Susan on her radio show. It was basically about how he was bullied at school and as a result decided to devote his career to driving about in a car entirely failing to stop crime like a sort of pacifist Batman and worrying that his wife is cross with him. Anyway, then him and his wife made up and she gave him the clap so it all turned out nice in the end. Not so for Ed, who has discovered fly-tipping on his land. What makes Ambridge a magnet for fly-tippers, he fumed. I wonder... Is it the fact that the local policeman spends his whole time WhatsApping the cricket team and checking his mobile phone to see if his wife has sent him the poo emoji again? Or the fact that everyone's in bed by 9pm? Or the fact that there are only three dogs in the village that bark? The fly tippers are a cocky bunch, I'll give them that. Only Ed would get locked out of his own field, bless him. He's the sort who would find himself buying his own stolen DVD player back off Gumtree. Anyway, he went into the usual grundy routine of instead of telling harassment gathered his unstable brother with a very uncertain idea of what they were actually going to do if the tip has turned up and set off. The Grundys hate a plan. They're all about the improv. So the Chuckle brothers set off to sit in a ditch in the dark in a state of wary suspense and hypervigilance, which I've realised is a Grundy brother's natural state. Meanwhile, it was all kicking off at the forge and Dunboozin, boozing, whatever Chris and Alice's house is called. Alice now seems to be entering the defiant stage of alcoholism, which at least gives everyone around her a fighting chance of intervention, but that won't happen as long as her father and husband continue their non-stop enablement. Chris was in trouble, and everything got a bit Vicky Pollard. It all started because Tandy, who sells really cheap televisions, is having an affair with dressage guy. Dress art is really camp. It's all horses in ribbons being made to skip backwards. So I'm surprised Tandy's managed to get him interested at all. But anyway, then Lavinier started a load of gossip about it and Tandy got well pissed off and said that Chris had hurt her horse when it wasn't even Chris that was gossiping about Tandy, no neither and no nothing. This is what happens in a village in lockdown, you see. Horsey women, one Jacob's Creek too many and access to Facebook and all hell breaks loose. Chris rang Jacob, who advised going round to apologise to the cheap television set lady, so Chris did. Christopher, I know you're not the brightest light in the harbour, but for the love of God, worry a bit less about that and pay attention to your wife, who is desperate for help, because the only person so far who seems to have even noticed Alice may be hitting the old electric soup too much is in bloody Hungary and can't get back. Emma is empire building again. This time she has her sights on the vegetable garden at Grange Farm, much to Clary's annoyance. Joe grew all sorts, said Emma. My God, if I could grow all sorts, you'd have to winch me out of the veg patch. Anyway, then Clary in a fit of pique let the pigs out so they ran amok and knocked the beans over. Clary's just narked because Emma is refusing to give in to lockdown and wants to put all the village rituals online. Parish council meetings, the flower and produce show, the annual visit of the AI man. Clary said it didn't seem right having the flower and produce show online, like saying Christmas is cancelled. Oh, do not tempt us with that. The potential joy of not having the Ambridge Christmas show is too much. After the year we'll have had by then, truly, that would be the icing on the Yule log. I'm not sure we're worthy. The end